0: down into the Toronto zone, and there is the Horn! The Leafs sweep Florida for the first time in a while, and they recover from a first period that saw them trail 3-1 to one, as they score four unanswered goals, including the winner from Willie Nylander and an empty net tally from Justin Hall to put this one away 5-3.
1: IS ah, yes, never in doubt after a pitiful start. The Maple Leafs rallying to take down the Panthers 5-3 in Sunrise. Brought to you by your GTA Acura retailers. This is Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 590. The fan of the Leafs Radio Network. Nick Alberga and Gord Stellick with you at the Golden Muzzy at Gord Stelic where you can follow along on Twitter. Sam McKee and Andrew Dutchie hollered behind the glass some tense moments scored but uh, they prevailed here
0: <laughs> tense moments because it was an exciting game i mean it was an exciting comeback and uh, as disappointing as the start was this was a, a great performance by the Toronto may police boy joe quenbel can't be happy with his florida panther team this is uh, i don't know this was a real good panther team early in the season and they've been really struggling since their reading week all-star break but i'll tell you our, our keys to victory before the game and we talked about Do the simple things on D, and after a bit of an even start getting down 1-0, getting down 3-1, and a big part was uh, not great goaltending by Freddie Anderson, but after that, the Leafs started to do those kinds of smart things. Said as well, big gun has to come through. Every game, one of those big guns needs to, like John Tavares did the other night against Tampa Bay. Well, wow. Wow. Austin Matthews. Zach Hyman in particular. Zach Hyman's a big gun all of a sudden. Mitch Marner, William Nylander, they all played great. I mean, the big guns, they brought it. They brought it. They competed. They led the team to to a win from being down by two goals. And number one is, wow, I could not believe, and of course we got this from Sam McKee, that I knew they hadn't played well in Florida. Maple Leafs had lost their last six straight games in Florida. Six. They hadn't won since December 28th, 2016. They were outscored 26-13 in those six games, so they were outscored by a margin of 2-1. to They were getting killed there, and uh, this was an important four-point game, and this is the first time in the three meetings that they played like it meant business, this four-point game, who these are their arch rival, Florida Panthers, and tonight, I know they don't walk to the subway, but they'll be walking or hopefully driving with a designated driver to some watering hole I can't wait to talk to Chris Johnson. Was the crowd 80% Toronto Maple Leafs? I think 92%. Like it was it, it was about as big because there's so many tickets available there. Like there's a lot of fans in Buffalo, Montreal, other places. But what a raucous, fun night. So the Leaf fans,
1: not leaving the home, uh, not leaving Scotiabank Arena, are having a ton of fun tonight in Florida. I call it Scotiabank, BB&T Center, that game. And for those of you who've been to a game out there, there's nothing. And I mean nothing in that area. So most likely you're probably Ubering or lifting somewhere. Oh, yeah, yeah. I
0: didn't say it's right around there. No, it's not like Nashville. Not like Nashville. You don't uh, step
1: outside lower Broadway's there, if you know what I'm saying. But uh, regardless of that, the Maple Leafs, the crucial two points, a bit of separation in the standings, uh, you know, not to say that every game is not important down the stretch, but you want sort of that insulation and, and sort of that separation right now. It's four points. The Panthers do have that game in hand. Gord, I couldn't believe how quiet Barkov and Huberto were tonight. Yeah. Stunned, you
0: know? stunned. And that's where the Leaf big guns came up and they didn't come up. And that's, you know, one thing that's problematic for the Leafs is Huberto and Barkov, who really are, are either the equals or not far off You're of right. Matthews and Marner. Uh, are under really club friendly contracts for a while, wow, five tell you that. five point nine million per season, yeah. and uh, so that's allowed for more depth, like the Noella Cherries of the world and the other kind of signings. And you know, I mean, it's not just all money that way, but you get a figure attached to you, and and the Leafs are paying big money for their big players, and the, and they came up big tonight. And you're right. The it's, it's the cherries of the world. And Pesek, geez, he's a leaf killer. Mark I mean, Pesik, yes. yeah, these are, these are the guys that are, were came up big for Florida tonight and give the leaf defensive, I guess, teamwork or, or team defense about neutralizing their big guns, except for Mike Hoffman.
1: Yeah. I give complete props to uh Martin Marincin. Uh, so the big time story in this game was the Maple Leafs going with seven defensemen and robbing Dennis Malgin of his video tribute, his revenge game and all that. But, uh, it worked out, we'll say that, and I, I think Freddie Anderson deserves a lot of credit and the Maple Leafs in general, the way they rose up defensively, outshooting Florida 14-4 to in the second period. I thought allowed Frederick Anderson to ease into things. You could tell early on he was not seeing the puck, and I thought as the game got going in the third period, specifically late, the, the late scrambles, I thought he was pretty decent there in the third.
0: Well, and a, a real confidence
1: injection from Sheldon. <laughs> you say booster. I'm, I'm trying to
0: think the right word, but <laughs> yeah. it just about, it wasn't
1: a booster. Cause, uh, <laughs> cause
0: it, it would be, it would be, man, he was close. So was Babrowski. They he were was both, teetering. Like, they,
1: they were close to the decision of yeah, pulling him. You know. Yeah.
0: And, and if they had not tied at the end of the first, if, it, were, if it remained three, one I I think they would have. And, uh, geez, that's, you know, that's a real funny, fine line you walk. And I know Sheldon, I think he's handled this really well because I was getting annoyed. Um, all of a sudden the swing against Freddie, that Jack Campbell's the guy. And uh, I like having Jack Campbell on board with the Toronto Maple Leafs, but Freddie, Freddie is your guy. Although is Jack Campbell going to play some games. So like, didn't we talk the start of the year, load maintenance and was, is Freddie going to get a little bit more relief besides the back-to-back games, but the team defense then really came through it, the, the shaky start. A lot of ways was because Freddie was shaky. Uh, you, you look at Tyson Berry, 25 minutes, Justin Hall, twenty-one forty-four. Uh You know, I, I'm glad they didn't trade Tyson Berry. I didn't think there would be anything worth it. And what are futures when you want to take a bit of a run this season, see what he could do. And you saw tonight that when, you know, I mean, he's the guy, there's nobody else with Martin Marincin the second most senior defenseman with NHL experience. And, and Tyson Berry really put up over
1: those 25 minutes. No doubt about that. So the Maple Leafs improving Gord to 25-13 and four here under Sheldon Keefe, and uh, you know it's it's pretty astonishing how night and day it can be as the games go by, from the skies falling to everything's okay in Leafs land. But to sweep the state of Florida was really impressive. And again, they go back home, Gord, for one game hosting the Vancouver Canucks on Hockey Night in Canada. The Canucks have been surrendering goals left and right. Um, just find a way to at least scratch and claw, get a point in that game. And then you head off to California next week. But um, Sheldon Keefe squad has to be feeling good about themselves right now. It's going to be a grind now between now and the end of the regular season. There's no doubt, especially with no Jake Muzzin in this lineup. But I think they had a good account of themselves. Not so much in the early going. You could tell like they were flying around and no idea where they were there in the first period. But I, it showed me a bit about this team tonight. The resolve in them to bounce back down 3-1 in this game. You could tell one more shot was going to do them in, but they didn't allow that fourth goal tonight.
0: Yeah, big time. And by the way, Vancouver losing 3-1 to Ottawa in the third period right now, so they're in a bit of a funk. Yeah. Uh, And, you know, we just talked about it. We did Leafs Nation postgame after the Carolina game, which kind of scripted itself because of the David Ayers... Wonderful story, absurdity. Would you prefer you David
1: Ayers or Sergei Bobrovsky right now? Uh,
0: well, uh, no. Sergey Bobrovsky did play well at the end. The first period, okay. uh, it would have been it would have been marginal. It would have been a toss-up. But the point being, at the end of the day, last Saturday, Florida lost to Vegas that night, and you had to keep perspective about it. They get a chance to go out and do it on the ice, do the Toronto Maple Leafs, and we've had these extremes, Nick, for the last little while about the sky is falling down, and it some terrible games. And then some good bounce back games, but not a, you know, not a consistent flow. And I always say the end of an 82 game season, when you make the playoffs by a few points or you fall short by a few points, you always look back at about three or four watershed games. And if the Leafs are to fall short of the playoffs and they still could. Okay. Then you look at that Carolina game and you look at that game in Pittsburgh as real watershed games where they bleeped it. And you look at that Florida game in Toronto as well. Tonight, tonight, If they get in by one point, three points, five points, whatever, this is a game you look at the fact that they showed up against their arch rival and this would be a big deciding point about them
1: making the playoffs or not. Yeah. They've really weathered the storm now two zero and oh since they lost to a beer league goalie. So on the uprise, this hockey team for sure.
0: And, uh, does he even play beer league? We just know he's a Zamboni driver and he's, he's actually a actually the, goalie. Like he's, he's like a rent rent-a goalie. I don't know like, if that's a cut above or a cut below. Well, if you,
1: if people out there and a lot of you do play beer league hockey, you rent a goalie sometimes cause your tender can't show up. Sam McKee knows all about that. And he, pretty much you would get David Ayers show up and he played in the NHL and beat the Toronto Maple Leafs. They have four guys combined, Is he going to up his rate bucks. now? Pardon I wonder me? if his rate goes up
0: now for oh, the rental. for rent sure. You would
1: have to think, like I think there's different classes of rent-a-goalies in beer league hockey. Yeah. I, I honestly think there is. And I think he's more in the B class now or the A class. Cause yeah, like he can add that to his resume played in the show and beat a team who have four guys who are making around $40 million, a team that has Marty Marincin too.
0: Now I know we'll talk to Chris Johnson later on. We'll hear from Sheldon Key, but, yeah. but I, I love things like, okay. I didn't like the 11 and seven. Okay. Did not like seven D 11 forwards. And he basically made Timothy Lilligren and Callie Rosen share the final spot. And Timothy Lilligren, I mean, he was minus two. He played five minutes, 21 seconds. So granted they were not the strongest goals against, but he was minus two the other night. So you got to be a little bit careful where you're playing him. I, I still think at the end of the day, I prefer Callie Rosen. I prefer 12 and six. The only thing is he did make a concerted effort that the fourth line had somebody out there that injected something, like a big gun. Now, I don't know on that goal that Nylander got whether that was intentional or in the middle of a change because Kyle Clifford gets the assist and made a real nice play there, and that ends up being the game-winning goal, right? Yeah. So I don't know if that was one of those fourth lines that Nylander happened to get that double shift or they were just caught shifting that way, but he he, he gave Matthews you know, uh, Marner or, or Marner 23 minutes, Thirty-five seconds and on and on and on. Zach Hyman, twenty-three minutes, fifteen seconds. I like that every now and then he says we're not going to use four lines. We're go- we're going to really let the big guns go, and the big guns were going tonight. You you had to let him go. Austin Matthews' play was the his his dominance, his strength, his puck control, all those kinds of things were in
1: in full evidence tonight. Oh, for sure, and I think we we saw way more shifts tonight than heck we've seen in the last three even you know, three weeks to the last month of just domination offensively from Marner and Matthews. I thought it was a quieter night for John Tavares, and I think he deserves a lot of respect for the Barkoff shutdown, the Huberto shutdown. And he, you know, John Tavares brings more to the table than just offense. And I think certainly the keys to the car were handed to guys like Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner, who were all over the ice in this game. But a well-earned two points, more so considering the way this game started, Gord, because I just felt we were watching the game together it could have got out of hand, and they rallied, so to speak. Because again, this has been the issue with this team: we've gone off and off and off all season long. How they always seem to surrender goal after goal after goal in a flurry of goals. And that sort of happened there in the first period, but scored on the first shot, like, on goal. I think it's again eighth time or ninth time this season. Eighth minimum. Yeah, we'll get Stevie Fallon like, on that. The, what's with that though? Like, well, and it was uh, a nice finish. It, it was, you know, a defensive breakdown. What else is new? But. Yeah, well, Mark Pesek just has Toronto's number at this yeah. point. Yeah, he you know? should uh, He should play all the time for the Florida Panthers. Anyway, he would be an all-star
0: based on his games against Toronto. But that again, the Leafs started, you know, the first couple of shifts well, and
1: then that they put didn't him, start on time,
0: Gordon. and that put them on their heels. Well, they did for a little bit till they haven't, got, till the goal. Yeah, till I haven't goal. got the response. Yeah, haven't got the
1: response, and then
0: on and on. It's it's a fun game. The, you know, you're out tonight. You're going to be gushing. You get a fight at the end of the period, like Kasperi Kapanen, Kasperi because what, Kasperi scrapping him
1: against Weger. Pretty good tilt pretty good tilt right at the end of the period. So They've had more fights in the last two weeks, and I think they did all of the Babcock era. You th- well, th- that's never been
0: Mike Babcock's DNA. In all yeah. those years with Detroit, they would uh, go without major penalties. I mean, they would be the lowest in the league. And it's funny, Kyle Clifford, that uh, engaging Jamie Alexiak that game against Spirited Dallas. Spirited everything. It got, it, got, uh, it got a comeback going that way. So I don't know if some people got a little bit contagious that way, but K- Kapanen did okay. Mackenzie Weger was all
1: over the ice tonight including drop in the mitts with uh Kasperi captain. That was a big time goal by Capitan too, but I think from a discipline standpoint, um I, I like the fact that the refs sort of put the whistles away tonight. Oh uh, for one both power play units, Marinchen takes a penalty for the Maple Leafs, but they let the teams decide it, which I do like at points. Like there was nothing egregious that wasn't called tonight.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, there's some you say could be called, but yeah, if you, but, but if you're not going to call them both ways, I'm totally totally you fine ref with on the that. flow of the game too. And right? the only thing is the the one goal it was the captain goal, right? That just was when the penalty ended. Yeah. So theoretically, Almost you, you could play. you could call it a power play, even though but but you it was can't. one or two seconds after. But yeah, yeah. But the the point being is they they moved the puck well on that power play. That was good. That at least was good to see. There was a too many men on the ice. That was the too many men on the ice penalty, wasn't it? That's it. That's the only one they got. Too many men on the ice. What a, what a terrible penalty to take. Imagine that. You you know, you gave up a goal basically with a too many men on the ice penalty for the Florida Pastors. And by the way, they had eight men on the ice. It wasn't seven. They had two extra guys out there. They showed that on the on the replay. Like, I mean, really out there. Like taking a bonus shift and then trying. One guy tries to slide off. The other tries to slide off. So that was a big faux pas that way. Joel Quenville was in an ugly, ugly mood tonight. A lot you could hear and see about that. It, they're not playing it the way. And Joe Quenville, you know, he's got he did not even before even before the Chicago Blackhawks, he had a real good way of coaching, uh, preaching certain team ethics, team fundamentals, the uh, ways to win, team values, and he's really really disappointed in Florida, and he's got a bad goalie, like he's got a
1: bad yeah, but goalie. The, the insane thing about that is that Bobrovsky was signed to a seven-year deal, seventy million dollars. Like, yeah.
0: And by the way, Sergey Bobrovsky is not a bad goalie.
1: He's just playing he's, badly he, this he's year. He's not an elite goalie, though. Yeah, they but paid him like an elite goalie. Oh, well, I know, not. but he's
0: but he's, wouldn't you know, he signs the big ticket and he's playing his worst hockey. And um, it's funny. It's not like because Curtis Joseph, I actually talked to Brendan Shanahan about it once. Like when Brendan Shanahan left the Leafs, it never was the same. Yeah. But he was never a bad goalie. He just got into an unfortunate situation in Detroit where they went a little south and he's had some hard luck games, you know, low scoring games, and they've been used to winning and whatever Sergey Borbowski was supposed to be the be all end all there, and he's just been ordinary. So, historically, he's been a good goalie, but he's been a bad goalie this year.
1: Bad it's, goalie. Oh, for sure. And it's just weird to me that the Panthers have been after, you know, say a top four defenseman. They end up dealing a top six centerman in Vinny Trocek and don't get a guy who can play in their top four or in the back end right now. Like, it, I still, it's still defying logic for me why Trocheck's out the door. And we know the mandate was to shed some money, but and it didn't work out between uh, Quenville and Chocek, but I just don't think they got a great trade there. For Dale Talon. you know, in the Stanley Cup pedigree, I'm not a big fan of his work the last little while, I'll be honest.
0: Uh, It's tough to get defensemen. I agree with you. I really was impressed by Carolina getting Brady Shea. First-round pick. They got plenty of picks still in the draft. Well, they got Toronto's. Yeah. But but Florida, if they'd wanted, I'm not even sure if Florida has their first-round pick. I believe they do, but, you know, they're a similar situation like Carolina, so... Brady Shea with term on his contract, and maybe that's part of the problem because now also Florida is saying they want to shed some contracts. The ownership's getting involved once again. They're not a they're not a team that likes to be to the
1: salary cap ceiling. Well, pretty much what Carolina is going to do going forward is they're going to have one too many guys in their top four, and they're going to trade one of them for a top six player. Like it makes a lot of sense, especially in this day and age, the importance of having top four defensemen. You can never have enough. I mean, Carolina always seems to have a defenseman on the market, right? And it's never going to hurt.
0: Well, and what happened in Nashville? Like, they <laughs> seem to have 20 of them. They traded P.K. Subban at the right time because his skills just... I, diminished. I don't, I don't know if it's the back problems or what, but diminished. Can people is,
1: stop the Subban to Toronto rumors, by the way? we got to put those to bed because oh, he's, he's it, a terrible hockey player.
0: Well, no I offense to him, but he's not I, yeah, good anymore. I wouldn't say he's terrible, but he's not have playing well. Have you watched the well. Devils play this oh, I've watched them play, but Terribles a pretty strong. But he hasn't no. played, he hasn't played well. Terrible. Terrible Devils haven't played well. His contract's terrible. Given his contract, he's not going to go anywhere. I I thought his pronouncement that he didn't ask anywhere to get traded probably suited well because I don't think anybody wanted him. With that contract, <laughs> you know? So um, we'll see if he rises to any kind of challenge next year in New Jersey. Yeah,
1: but, he'll have a big offseason. But
0: the other one is just in Nashville. They just, you know, so many guys, of course, Ryan Ellis got hurt, but you know, they're, right was, now,
1: they're not in the playoffs right now. Was Nashville the Toronto of the Western Conference at the trade deadline? Because I tweeted this out, and I was surprised how much traction it got that the the Predators actually thought the trade deadline was on Tuesday, not Monday. Um, Yes. Because uh, they did nothing. They did nothing. It's the team aside, Matt Duchesne. They got yeah. Pecorino. They got Utah. Yeah. Like, they're, they're in win-now mode. They're like the Maple Leafs, and yeah. they did nothing.
0: Yeah. Well, so. you know, still, rather than making what you think's a bad deal, David Poyle's done more of those trade deadlines than anybody. But uh, they're, they're a team that, hey, there's I keep saying it, there's no excuse for the Toronto Maple Leafs not to be in the playoffs. If we were covering the National Predators, that this was Predators Nation, it, there is no excuse for the National Predators not to be in the playoffs i can throw the winnipeg jets a little bit of slack yeah there really is no excuse but given what happened with dustin bufflin and the domino effect and their defense core getting ravaged with injuries i'll, I'll throw them a bone that way yeah but there's no excuse for the national predators
1: the jets losing patrick lining earlier tonight and we'll go to the out-of-town scoreboard later on here in the program the maple Leafs defeating the florida panthers 5-3 the final we'll go down to sunrise after this and join chris johnson of sportsnet sportsnet.ca and hockey Night in canada we'll hear from sheldon keith and we'll go inside the locker room, the Maple Leafs. How about that? Sweeping the state of Florida. Beat the Lightning on Tuesday and beat the Florida Panthers 5-3 here. It's Nick Alberga and Gord Stelic at the gold. Muzzy at Gord Stellick on Twitter. And brought to you by your GTA Acura retailers. You're listening to Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 590. The fan and the Leafs radio network. How about this? The first win in Sunrise for the Maple Leafs since December 2016. A long time coming. Just about four years as Nick Alberga and Gord Stelick breaking down this 5-3 crucial win in Sunrise at BB&T Centre. Momentarily we'll be joined by Chris Johnson of Sportsnet, sportsnet Sportsnet.ca and Hockey Night in Canada. You can follow along on Twitter at TheGoldMuzzy, at Gord Stelick. That's that stat and this losing streak—it was a six-game skit against the Panthers. Overall, it made no sense to me because every time the Maple Leafs go to Sunrise, it's just polluted with Maple Leafs fans. Yeah, yeah, and they had that one. Was it two? It was two years ago, wasn't it?
0: Where they they tweeted out about going uh, fishing. Remember that? And they, you know, they and, fishgate. How can yeah, I forget so about that? so social media stuff. And hey, you're entitled to charter a boat the day before and go fishing, but everyone makes assumptions that was the end what, of the world, though. what most people do when you charter a boat, that it's not just about the fishing. Yeah. And the way they played certainly seemed that way. And then this year, you know, Nick, it's—it's. It's, I, I kidded about it that that last Monday night game against the Florida Panthers, which could be a killer, still could be a killer, could have been a bigger killer for the least playoffs chances, that if you were in a season ticket cartel like I am, Because it's tough to afford tickets to all forty-one games, and who can really anyway, whatever. I use my media pass. And you and you draft the different tickets, the different games. That game might have been ranked number forty-one home game. It really might have a Monday night against Florida, and and they actually unfortunately the Leafs ended up in the third period playing like it. So it's just weird getting our head around this rivalry that there's the tradition of Boston Montreal in the Atlantic Division going back to the original six days. Buffalo, there's been a tradition. Ottawa, the Battle of Ontario, particularly the great playoff battles. Tampa Bay, not so much, but just there's, there's some edge to it. I think with Stamkos being a local guy, I don't know, whatever, Florida, nothing, nothing doesn't resonate. Zach Hyman doesn't resonate. And well, Zach Hyman, what a great trade coming over Greg Greg McKay from Florida. But this is right now the Toronto Maple Leafs big rivalry and whether the Florida Panther fans don't realize it's one thing, but leaf fans really didn't grasp it. Uh, I put a tweet that got crickets. You know, you're you're way more active on social but media. But a hashtag but just about least forever. Gorg. But about like three weeks ago, no, three weeks ago, four weeks ago. Just about these games were the big games. Three against the Panthers, four against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Whatever. Just and uh, it's it's correct. So three of those games are done, right? Two against Florida, one against Tampa Bay, and it got it got it got feathers. Got you're, feathers. Nothing.
1: Yeah. Well, I'll retweet it next time. It'll get pumping a bit. Hashtag Isles as well, because we know Islanders fans just love me. Uh, More of an astounding stat here. Frederick Anderson has lost 14 decisions against the Panthers, 10-1-2.
0: Yeah, that was a weird stat when (laughs) the game started. Yeah, you said, okay, wait a sec, you've lost. Like, Freddie Freddie just didn't come to the Leafs this year. He's been around for a few years, so he got this terrible record in Florida. And Freddie has this good record. Now, uh, it maybe was in sync when he was injured. I don't. I don't know. Yeah. Weird, weird. So I mean, he he wouldn't face them very often when he was with Anaheim. He'd only face them twice, twice a, year. a year maximum. Yeah. So yeah, bizarre. So, so Freddie played. That's that's the weird thing. The Leafs played like they should have won the last six in a row against Florida. Freddie, God love him made some okay saves in the third period. But early on, he played like the record should have been 1-10-2 <laughs> instead of 10-1-2 or whatever it was. We'll
1: take the positives. And I could only wonder what the bearing on the standings will be on March 23rd, the fourth and final installment uh, back at Scotiabank Arena between the Panthers and the Maple Leafs. You would have to think that could be maybe the season on the line in that game or close to that. And, Gord, we'll bet on that night. We're going to bet the over. How about 28 goals scored in three games between these two teams? Think about that. Yeah, I can think about that. That's a lot that's, of offense. That's nine point three three. That's not very good
0: goaltending. I don't even want to do the numbers. How much so these guys are worth? So that's better than a five four game each game. A little bit over a well, five. The eight four game helps. Yes. Yeah. Well, I know whatever the it is. A game. We I'm just call showing it. you the the basic fundamental math I can do. Yeah. In that thing. Well,
1: because my last name's Alberga, and you can you know mistake it for algebra, but my math is terrible. I almost failed grade nine math. You know, slope enters the equation, and next thing you know, you're in trouble. But um, the offense has been a plenty, which I just think is really ironic when you have guys going into this season. We considered upper echelon net miners in this league and Frederick Anderson and Sergey Bobrovsky has been so disappointing for the Panthers this season. And they've played three times and just goal after goal after goal. Let's go down to sunrise now and join from the BB&T Center. It's Chris Johnson of Sportsnet, Sportsnet.ca and Night in Canada. CJ. Uh, pretty much in survival mode for this Maple Leafs team. They're going to have to try and stay afloat with all the injuries in the back end. Uh, how would you break this what, this 5-3 win down tonight?
2: Well, you know, I think that they didn't play like it was survival mode. I'll give them credit. It, you know, there was a bit of a last scrambly two minutes so, you know, with a one-goal lead, which is sort of what you come to expect. But I, I think especially the last 40 minutes of the game uh, was was a pretty controlled uh, effort for Leafs. You know, they, they had the puck a ton, uh, they, they didn't uh, allow too much uh, danger heading Frederick Anderson's way. And, and you know, that was key to, to coming back from a 3-1 deficit in the game. Uh, they, they hung around long enough and kept getting chances until Nylander broke through there. So I, I think that this is the second straight game that there's a lot of positives to build on, not just results-wise, but, but with the way they played, and, and particularly down three other top six defensemen, uh, with Jake Muzzinow, with Travis Dermott pressed into more duty, um, you know, I thought this was a real response here today.
0: I, I love the game. I love the big guns. I love like Austin Matthews and that. I just love the whole aura. And as you mentioned, down one nothing, down three one. Freddie playing ordinary. Sergey Bobrovsky playing ordinary at the start, whatever. And just the way they played it. Um, Toronto Maple Leaf fans, like what percentage were there? I I, I always like seeing fans go somewhere and get rewarded with a win. Hadn't been that case in Florida, but I know Leaf fans travel well everywhere. But it seemed like you were playing at Scotiabank Arena tonight.
2: Yeah, it was weird to hear such a big cheer when the Leafs scored and then not have a goal <laughs> horn accompany it because, you know, it really was loud in the building. There, there's tons of support. Uh, you know, I'm standing in the Bellsley Arena right now and there's about 50 people in Leafs jerseys waiting for the, the team still uh, hanging around here. I guess uh, everyone got special passes or, or what have you. But, um, you know, it, it, was, it was pretty one-sided, I think. Good time of year to be down in Florida to take a trip. Uh, there was a good turnout in Tampa you know, two nights ago as well. And so you know, I think the, the team uh, gets used to it a little bit because there's, there's really not a road game the Leafs play that doesn't have a fair bit of blue and white in the crowd. But you know, there was a great atmosphere for this one, and there should be. I mean, that's, that's the biggest game the Leafs and Panthers have probably ever played in 28 years of Florida's history. And, and uh, I know there's more big ones to come. They have another meeting at Scotiabank Arena uh, in March. But this is a, a tight playoff race, and, and I thought that was an excellent hockey game.
1: Maple Leafs win at 5-3 here in Sunrise, joined by Chris Johnson of Sportsnet, Sportsnet.ca, and Hockey Canada. candidates, Nick Alberga, and Gord Stelick with you. Now, you know, CJ, you know I'm a big revenge guy. Dennis Malgin did not get his video tribute, in fact, didn't play in this game. Uh, any to that? Anything to that, why they made that decision? And, and on top of that, the decision to play with seven defensemen, what would you make of that?
2: Well, there was no, no health-related reasons for it. I think, okay. you know, the, the Leafs, given the state of their defense, uh, Sheldon Keefe wanted the options that he could have. And, and look, uh, you know, Martin Marincin is an excellent penalty killer. You know, one of the things that, that's lost with Jake Muzzin out of the lineup is just, um, you know, needing someone to kill those penalties. It turns out Marincin took one of the penalties the Leafs had, so it didn't go to plan. But, you know, I think that they wanted that option there. I think there was some uncertainty with what they get from Callie Rosen, uh, you know, given that he's had a pretty whirlwind couple days here. Uh, with the trade back to Toronto and 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 those type of things, and well, let's face it, I, I don't think that they have a set top six right now. Uh, Timothy Lilligren ended up getting lost out of the shuffle if if you look at the way the game went. But I don't think Sheldon Keith quite knew how things would go, and so he wanted to leave himself some options. And um, you know, I don't don't imagine long term they'll stick with eleven and seven, but under the circumstances, uh, you know, it's it's what they felt they had to do.
0: Hey Chris, let's look at the Florida side a bit. What the hell's gone on there? Barkov, O., much like Matthews and Matt Marner and those guys came up big, they weren't noticeable. Uh, a frustrated Joel Quenville, to say the least. Some real sloppy play, and I, I know they had a road trip. I understand that first game back after, but it's not like they played last night. Man, it's uh, since since that Reading Week and All Star All Star Game break. This has been a a team that's really struggled.
2: Well, it's hit them hard. You know, they've had a lot of games. If you look at their last twenty or so on the road. Uh, so I think they've just entered a tougher part of the schedule a little bit. And, and look, they're a team that that it's surprisingly like the Leafs in, in their build in terms of, you know, one of the top scoring teams in the league. They give up a lot of goals. I think the goaltending maybe hasn't been quite to the level that they would prefer or would like. And so there's some inconsistencies there. And, and, you know, we've seen that on the Toronto end of things where they've had, you know, a lot of really big nights, some great performances, and then some that, that leave you wanting. I, I think the Leafs deserve credit, though, in particular, for their work against the, the Barkov Huberto line, um, you know those guys have just burned them in the past. If you look at, this was the, the first win, seven tries down here in Florida, going back a few seasons, and, and those guys have usually been in the middle of the, the losses the Leafs have had here. And so, you know, I think that the Dermott and Hall deserve credit as a new matchup pairing. I thought that the Matthews hyman Marner line had a dominant night, and they were uh, for a good part of the game going head to head with those guys and. Um, you know, Toronto's big players showed up tonight, and, and that's, that was what was needed. And, you know, this is a big boost to the, the playoff chances, but obviously they have to keep it rolling because it's still pretty tight there in the
1: standings. You're right. At home to Vancouver on Saturday before they hit the road for three out west in California, and that's when we'll talk next. CJ, thanks so much for this. Appreciate it. All right, boys. It was fun. Talk to you soon. Take care. There's Chris Johnson of Sportsnet, sportsnet.ca, and Hockey Night in Canada, the Maple Leafs, their first win in Sunrise since December 2016, and what a big one at that, a 5-3 win. Big-time goals from guys like Kasperi Captain, Austin Matthews, William Nylander. You get the theme where I'm going with It's all the big boys who stepped up tonight.
0: Yeah, not just getting the stats, but just the play. Man, like just Chris Johnson said there, that was fun. Tampa Bay Lightning game. That was fun. Let's make
1: more games fun at Scotiabank Arena for Leafs Nation. There haven't been enough of them. It's just more so the community that says that you really can't do this in the playoffs, but we'll get there when we can, you know. Well, yeah, you know, that's
0: exactly it. Now, uh, Austin Matthews, who people were wondering the last number of games about uh, his play, gets two points tonight. He's got 42 points in his last 31 games. uh, 25 goals, 17 assists. He's got a plus 13 rating. Okay, that's like that's over a 100-point pace, and you're talking a guy that's among the goal-scoring leaders and may end up being the goal-scoring leader in the NHL when it's all said and done. So it's funny, uh, you know, even, I just say, he gets the the extra scrutiny every now and then when there's a three- or four-game lull for him stats-wise. People start to wonder, but those things are just natural. But then on the other side, because these guys eat up so much of the salary cap, and that's a reality in 2020, that you, know, you really do need them to come up big because you've had less money left to get the Noel Cherries of the world, for example, like Florida
1: has. Yeah, Noel is 20th goal of the season tonight found value on the free agency market for the Florida Panthers. Too bad they couldn't find value in a $70 million goaltender in Sergey Bobrovsky. But Willie Nylander, by the way, 18 goals in his last 28 games. Things riding high right now for Willie. Big-time goal tonight and a 5-3 win here for the Maple Leafs. Other side? We'll hear from Sheldon Keefe, who's now 24-13-4, excuse me, 25-13-4 behind the bench of the Maple Leafs, and they sweep away the state of Florida. Pretty impressive. It's Nick Alberga and Gord Stelic at the Golden Muzzy, at Gord Stelick on Twitter. Plenty to come here at Leafs Nation Postgame, brought to you by your GTA Acura retailers right here on Sportsnet 590, the Fan and the Leafs Radio Network. Two in a row in Florida. The Maple Leafs defeat the Florida Panthers 5-3. The final from sunrise is Nick Alberga and Gord Stelic breaking it all down. Brought to you by your GTA Acura retailers. This is Leafs Nation postgame on Sportsnet 590. The fan of the Leafs radio network at the Golden Muzzy at Gord Stelic. Where you can follow along via Twitter. They sweep away this uh, mini uh, two-game trip here and head uh, back home to Bank Arena. Gord coming up on uh, Saturday night. The Vancouver Canucks in town for that game. And of course, Vancouver riding the hot waves of deadline pickup tower to Foley. He's been red hot, but Jacob Markstrom, maybe in the conversation for the Vesna trophy, not playing right now out for the foreseeable future. And Thatcher Demko uh, could play in that game. Maybe we even see Louis Domingue in that one.
0: With all due respect to Jake Muzzin, that that's a huge loss for the Toronto Maple Leafs. He's gone for four weeks, but the news coming out the same day that Jacob Markstrom and, and he, if you saw it, you thought he's going to be out for two weeks. No, he had a procedure, lower body procedure, medical procedure, yeah. and will be updated in two weeks' time. So he, you're, you're talking about, you were talking about Vezina Trophy for him. They lose 5-2 to the Ottawa Senators tonight to the Vancouver Canucks. And, and that's, yeah, that's a big loss without him in goal. So see if the Maple Leafs can get that momentum, ride the wave, and kind of put some
1: distance between, like Vancouver's done in the West. You're right. And the Maple Leafs rallying tonight against the Florida Panthers. They have now a, a 4 point gap, excuse me, uh, in the standings, a bit of separation. The Panthers still do have that elusive game in hand and we'll talk about that as we move forward in this season. The next and final installment of this four-game season series on March 23rd at Scotiabank Arena as the Maple Leafs host the Florida Panthers. For now, we're going to hear from the head coach of the Maple Leafs, Sheldon Keefe.
3: I thought, you know, despite the score, we didn't hate our start. I thought we had good legs. We had the puck a fair bit. We had some stuff happening in their end. Um, Just just you know they they got the lead on us obviously but i just liked how our team wasn't phased by it they're just talking on the bench there's a lot of game left and we got to stay with it we were confident we would get our chances throughout the game and we did started with the power play goal i don't don't think it registered as a power play goal but it is in my eyes and and uh finished it and that's you know starting to lose track of how many games in a row now for Cappy. but he's he's playing at a different level for us right now it's making a big difference
1: was that the kind of uh, team defense you were talking about today? For the most part today,
3: yeah, I thought so. I mean, especially once we settled into the game. I mean, in the early going, um, you know, we especially with the seventh defenseman, we're you know we're trying to find the the right mix and what the mix is going to be and how it's going to flow. I think when you go with the seventh defense like that, you kind of you just sort of it's just let it evolve you can't make too much of a plan you just got to kind of see and I think it took a little bit of time for that to settle and that helped our team once once we once we did kind of settle it down Um, you know but I I just the big thing that I'll take away from the game is of course it's just how we didn't fold and I think you know the last time we came in here the game got away on us and today we didn't let it happen.
2: Do you think Captain's response here has
0: been to the discipline?
3: Uh, no, I don't. Uh, I, I think it's more just in response to him recognizing what's happening uh, in the season and how important it is and how important the games are. And that he, like a lot of the guys on our team, haven't been happy with their play or our play as a team. And everybody, we've asked just to give us a little bit more. And uh, he's given us lots.
2: Something in Tampa, you, you talked about how Paul and Dermott were on at the end of the game. And then today, again, they were almost on. just the way they've been thrown into kind of a shutdown role in
3: the job that they've done. Yeah, they did an excellent job. I mean, today today they're matched up against the Barkoff line, and, I mean, it's uh, the entire group doing a job against them, but, you know, I think that line ends up off the score sheet and is minus two on the night. That was our greatest challenge going into the game is how you're going to manage players of that level with the defensemen that we were missing, and those guys did an excellent job, and our whole team did. I mean, the Matthews line... Did, a, did too good a job, you know, against them from their perspective. So they had to change the matchup, and they got away from it and, and mixed it up, and got Matthews away from them, to, and and the other guys that we had playing against them, whoever it was, just went out and did the job. So um, collectively, we played well against those guys. I thought, um, but Dermot and Hall dug in, and we got, we got good shots from everybody. Tyson Berry, battled hard and did a lot of good things for us today, as we know we need him to do. The 7D Black, decision. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 It is for sure. I mean, you're just happy it gets out. First of all, we get a little bit of breathing room, and you, you don't really think because the way it leaves the stick that it's going to go in, and you start to see it kind of curve and. It's funny, those empty net goals uh, work in funny ways and you can get rewarded. I think uh, sometimes the luck just seems to go for you and certainly uh, deserve it for Halsey.
1: That 7-D decision, was that basically because of the state of the defense? You weren't really sure what you had or was that a a
3: Malgan Health decision? Uh, Nothing to do with Malgan, it was was more just Combination of things. Uh, the fact that we've got some uncertainty with, you know, with the, the amount of people that we're missing. Uh Cali Rosen coming here and, you know, uh, you know try, sort of trying to get reacclimated uh, to what's happening. You know, it's, and I think it's funny how it works. You put part of why you play Marincin is because you've lost such a massive presence on the penalty kill, and Marincin can help there. Then he's the one that takes the penalty. So that's how, <laughs> that's how that works. But um, you know, it was. Uh, a decision more just to give us more options to try to to see how things would go. How would our young defense uh, handle a game like this here today? We just wanted to have the ability to mix and match uh, accordingly. Okay, Uh, Freddie settled down after the Accieri goal. It might have been demoralizing, but he was able to. Yeah. Definitely. Another big moment for our team, you know, just again Fred not letting the, the game get away. I thought as a team we, we rallied uh, for Fred. did give him much after that. The second period I thought was a really good period for us. And we just responded well throughout the game. And, and uh, it was a close game, obviously, right to the very end. Lots of energy and emotion in the building. I mean, talk about the fans here today. I mean, we're in South Florida and just the presence of our fans and the passion of the, the number of jerseys and the, the noise in the building. And, people that are following our team down here. It's pretty special. I think those are the kind of things that give you give you just great confidence and a great boost in a game like this. To not only get the monkey off your back down here but also to win in Tampa, sweeping the series in Florida. How pivotal was that at this point in the season? Really important. Uh, we, We talked uh, we've talked the last time we came down here into to play the Panthers just that the number of games we had remaining at that time against the Panthers and the Lightning that you know a lot is going to happen in the state of Florida um, for us the remainder of the season and we didn't uh, take care of it the first time through and we got the good results and had some real good efforts from our guys this time around we got a lot of games remaining and we'll be back in uh, in Florida to, to visit Tampa one more time and um, You know, we just got to continue to build on this when we go back home. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Our players definitely have responded as we needed to. You know, it was an embarrassing night for us on home ice, and uh, what we talked about is just. We can't control what happened there anymore. It's done. It's in the past. We can. We can, You just have to take care of what we can can control, which is our effort and our practices, our preparation and our play out here. So I think we definitely have responded and, and I'm sure our, our fans are going to recognize that and feel and, and be positive about it. You can just see the reaction from the people down here and just talking to a number of people in Florida that are around the arena and just excited and still behind us as a team. And, and I think we did our part here in terms of getting off the mats and we want to continue to build upon it. We're excited to get back home. Yeah, Yeah, I think we talked about this a little bit before the game. It's just, you know, when opportunities come such as this, it's a chance to to either to, to seize it and thrive, or to have it uh, defeat you, and that just not just for Derms, but that's for our entire team. Uh, you want to be able to thrive in difficult conditions as a group, and this is a this is a difficult time. playing against a good team in an important game today. I mean, you guys step up. But Travis is a guy here, two games in a row now, um, when I when called upon for an even bigger role. He's been called upon throughout the season, but yeah, just does a lot more focus on it here now and uh, Real positive steps for
1: him. All right, there you have it, Sheldon Keefe After a five-three win here for the Maple Leafs in Sunrise, so pretty much Gord, we got all our answers to our questions about uh, Dennis Malgin, the uh, seven-seven-man uh, D corps. So we got everything in that, didn't we?
0: Yeah, I know you're. You are the video tribute king, and you were looking forward to the Dennis Malgin goes back to Florida video tribute. So that'll have to wait for another day. I still next I, I still don't like eleven and seven, and uh, if weird. If I had my druthers, I'd play Callie Rosen and sit out Lilligren right now. Maybe he might do that. Like, he just wanted to figure it out a little bit. He basically split those guys as a 6-D. But um, the other part is it, it gave other guys more ice time. The elite players played on the fourth line. So... It doesn't mean you have to sit someone out to do that, but we'll see what he does on Saturday. Yeah. I, uh, the guy tries things and the
1: guy explains things and tonight they won. So good on him. It's just a weird time to be trying stuff when you're fighting for your playoff life. but Yeah,
0: but it's a weird time when you have no D. <laughs> that's the other part. He just kind of I can't sees believe looking.
1: how some of this is to the Calder winning roster for the Toronto Marlies two years Well, see, ago.
0: that's the point is he knows yeah. all those guys. So when him doing it, like he's trying to find out, well, he's trying to find out how they play at the NHL level, which is different than how they played for him at the American hockey League level. But I don't know if it's at least, but at least he knows these guys that are all together and shouldn't be all together right now, but are here due to injury because he pretty well had them all as people have kind of kidded about. He's pretty well had them all uh, with the Toronto Marlies when they won the Calder Cup.
1: Yeah, the best analogy I would use going forward, it's like teaching a kid how to swim and you're just, you know, pitter padding, if you will in the water and just staying afloat right that's that's what i what i think of when i look at this maple Leafs team right now yeah
0: for starters but then also yeah. you know push the other guys try to get them in the deep end of the pool and try to stay in yeah, the shallow
1: end just <laughs> chuck them in yeah so a little bit so
0: <laughs> so stay afloat but then also yeah try to get the uh the, the or i guess maybe you want the toys in the shallow when it's easier what, yeah. what whatever and
1: works out better Something tells me there's going to be a lot more uh, tense moments coming up for the Maple Leafs in the coming weeks. But for tonight, we're, we're feeling good. A 5-3 win here in Sunrise. Next up, a stop at home against the Vancouver Canucks on Saturday night at Scotiabank Arena. It's Nick Alberga and Gord Stelic. Other side, the VTech call. The game will bounce around the NHL. What a remarkable night for Bobby Ryan. We'll tell you about that coming up here on Leafs Nation Postgame. Brought to you by your GTA Acura retailers right here on Sportsnet of the Fan and the Leafs Radio Network. All right, back to wrap things up here on Leafs Nation post game. brought to you by your GTA Acura retailers. This Nick Alberga and Gord Stelic at the Golden Muzzy at Gord Stelic on Twitter. The Maple Leafs defeating the Florida Panthers 5-3 here in Sunrise. It's time for the VTech call of the game when the ter- ultimate Toronto sports getaway with the VTech wake-up call. Call 416-413-4141. Leave a message and set your alarms every Friday morning for your chance the weekly $500 prize to qualify for the grand prize. Visit sportsnet.ca slash 590 for details.
0: Clifford coming hard to the net, just failed to make contact. Now he has it in front of the goal. Back to the blue line, it comes. Tipped over for Nylander. Back to the blue line, Marinch, and the shot. Traffic in front, rebound in front, they jab away at it. Another shot, Goals! Holy mackinac, the least have taken the lead!
1: I'm not impressed. It wasn't between the legs. But uh, we'll take it. Willie Nylander, big-time goal there, Gordon. Yeah, who's
0: clapping right beside
1: Joe? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think, <laughs> I think Joe and Ralphie, Ralph. <laughs> I don't think they applaud
0: like that. But, that you know, that was a big one, that's for sure. And the Leafs win. You mentioned some nice stories around the league. Yeah. And, and first, I'll leave you with Bobby Ryan one. But, boy, Montreal, last time they blew a 2 nothing lead. They blew it again. Rangers come back with five unanswered goals to beat the Montreal Canadiens 5-2 to two. So that's already, that's all she wrote for Montreal. But the Rangers remain sniffing around Bizarre, man. Uh, a, a yeah. possible playoff spot.
1: They are a 5-2 win there for the Rangers at the Bell Center. Again, Bobby Ryan, his first game back after his bout. How about a hat trick for Bobby Ryan? Nice. A 5-2 win against the Vancouver Canucks. And uh, the Boston Bruins defeating Dallas 4-3. Tampa, fourth straight loss, 5-2 to Chicago. Dominic Kubalik now up to 29 goals after a hat trick in that game. Gorgeous. Quick thoughts. Just quick Saturday night, the Maple Leafs hosting the Vancouver Canucks.
0: Yeah, let's bring it. They've got they lost tonight to Ottawa. They're in a bit of a bit of a slide. They don't have Markstrom. And you know what? You got some momentum built on two great games in Florida. Let's let's give it a bit of a ride and put some put some distance. Let's make a Saturday night hockey
1: night in Canada at the House of Pain. Many thanks to all involved here in this broadcast. The Maple Leafs defeating the Florida Panthers 5 3. We'll talk on Saturday night.